Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Coming up on Studios America, Spencer Corson gives us a veteran's take on the Afghanistan debacle. It's Time's Up for the CEO of Time's Up. And the entirety of this Afghanistan withdrawal has been a disaster. But what really kicked off the devastation we're seeing every single night? Let's find out and do Biden's first mistake. Stu does America. You know, every day we do this, we do Stu does something. It's kind of the way we do this show. And today it's Stu does Biden's first mistake. And I realize that this might be a bit of a misleading title. We really didn't whittle it down enough. I mean, Biden's first mistake is is a long time. I mean, I can at least go back to running for Senate in 1971 and 72. I can go back at least to that point to identify some mistakes. And there have been a lot of them since. But speaking specifically about the current tragedy he's brought us all into, one of the big mistakes, at least, that he made as we kind of this this whole situation developed in Afghanistan was something we talked about at the time. And we said, this sounds like, I don't know, a mistake. Bagram Air Force is a base, is a giant base. I mean, it's massive in Afghanistan. And it's a central point for command and control. Everything that we've done in Afghanistan for the past 20 years, a big part of that has been Bagram Air Force Base. And what you might detect from the name of it was that we were able to have planes take off from this base over and over again, multiple runways, very well protected. It's a military base that's easy to protect. Um, And uh, the type of place that would be ideal for an evacuation of a bunch of people. We just left in July with all of our people still on the ground in Afghanistan. And that was a perplexing thing from the beginning, uh, for me at least, and I think so many other people. In fact, the Afghan, Afghan uh, military, you know, when it existed, uh, said that basically the U.S. military left and turned out the lights and didn't even tell anybody. Which is a very strange way to go about a massive uh, evacuation. Let's go back to the press conference the other night with uh, Joe Biden as he's talking to Peter Ducey. Now, this is something that really bothers me that presidents do. Especially um, uh, when the the people in the crowd are not necessarily fans of yours. In this case, of course, most of the crowd is a big fan of Joe Biden. Probably the the the, the press has been pretty good on this particular story. But in reality, when you look at the relationship uh, between the Biden administration and the press, it's been relatively good. However, there's one exception to that, and it's Peter Ducey. So there's this thing that presidents do. They'll be like, oh, let me joke and try to get this guy on my side. Peter Ducey's having none of it uh, in this exchange. It's a little bit of a longer clip, but I, I want to play the whole thing for you for a reason. Watch. Hey, let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press. Thank you, Mr. That's you. 
Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things. You know, as well as I do, that the former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others, but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? What? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed and that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to I have another meeting for real. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I just we're all set. The point here is, you know, think about what is the basic uh, wrapping of this entire event. Right. We know that Joe Biden is responsible for this. He even says himself he takes responsibility. But then every time he says it, he goes and blames everybody else. We all know that Donald Trump made an arrangement with the Taliban, which, by the way, I outwardly opposed on this program and on radio. I didn't think it was a good idea and I didn't think it would work out well. However, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. It has nothing to do with it. Joe Biden has changed almost every single thing Donald Trump was trying to do while in office. He, he ran on basically saying, the second I get into office, all of the things that Donald Trump has been doing, I will stop doing. That's why he's president. The only reason he's president, no one cares about Joe Biden. They just cared that he was not Donald Trump. That's why he's president of the United States right now. And he comes in with the one thing that a president can really pretty much control by himself as the commander in chief of the military he comes in and says, I can't change that one, that one negotiation point with, uh, with the Taliban. It's my one red line. I just have to lock, walk lockstep it with Donald Trump on that one issue. And we should, of course, recall that he did change that arrangement from a May 1st uh, withdrawal to an August 31st withdrawal. Not to mention, uh, ignore uh, large chunks of that deal, which, by the way, again, 
was a bad deal. And I didn't think it was a good deal at the time. So now you have a situation where we have gone from a really bad uh, collection of mistakes to a catastrophe, an utter catastrophe, in which we've lost 13 uh, of our military members. There are, it looks like 18 more uh, have been wounded, many of which are in critical condition. We could easily see these numbers get higher, God forbid. Not to mention, we have this uh, from Josh Kaplan. Uh, ABC News is reporting at least 170 Afghans were killed and 200 wounded in the terror attack. Those numbers are likely to go up as well. And remember, these aren't just, you know, random rando Afghans that were there. They were people who had made it through the Taliban security, which we somehow now think is a thing. Uh, and were supposedly, at least, people who largely were people that worked with the U.S. military. So this is a, I mean, and their families, of course. This is a terrible tragedy in, in every way that we can kind of conceive it. And you just wonder why on earth we would choose to do things this way. Why would we be evacuating all of our personnel uh, from an airport uh, in the middle of a bunch of mountains uh, right next to a city that's almost impossible to try to secure. I mean, we keep saying we've secured the airport. We've only secured one side of the airport. We don't even have the whole airport. Why wouldn't we keep open as an option Bagram Air Force Base? Why? Why wouldn't we do that? It's a really interesting question, and it's one that people are starting to ask a little more consistently these days when we realize that maybe having two routes out of of, of a crisis might be better than having one. Why would we do this? Well, we have an answer from Joe Biden. He's, He's decided to step in and give us an answer as to why we would do such a thing that sounds so dumb. And the re now, remember, this is a guy, the buck stops with Joe. Of course, this particular thing was the fault of his military advisors. Watch. Did you personally reject a recommendation to hold or to recapture Bagram Air Force Base? Here's what I've done on the answer the last question first. On the tactical questions of how to conduct an evacuation or a war, Mm -hmm. I gather up all the major military personnel that are in Afghanistan, the commanders, as well as the Pentagon. And I ask for their best military judgment. There you go. And what do they say? would be the most efficient way Mm -hmm. to accomplish the mission? The most efficient. They concluded, the military. Mm -hmm. They did. That Bagram was not much value added. That it was much Mm. wiser to focus on Kabul. Hmm. And so I followed that recommendation. The buck stops with him, though, guys. Now, sure, the buck stops after he accepts all of the other recommendations. What's interesting about this is the and the economist pointed this out first, and I I think it's pretty interesting. Biden says uh, just now that military commanders told him that Bagram was not much value added. Well, that's not quite what the general, General Milley, said the other day. He said the military had to choose because of a cap on troop numbers, presumably a political choice by Biden. And we went and pulled uh, the extended transcript. Let me give you this. On your question on Bagram, this is General Milley uh, answering that question. Securing Bagram. You know how big Bagram is. You've been there many times. Securing Bagram is is a significant level of military effort of forces, and it would also require external support from the Afghan security forces. 
our task given to us at the time. Our task was to protect the embassy in order for the embassy personnel to continue to function with our consular service and all that. If we were to keep both Bagram and the embassy going, that would be a significant number of military forces that would have exceeded what we had or stayed the same or exceeded what we had. He's, he's talking around it a little bit here, but he's going to nail it here in just a second. But look at what he's hinting toward. The, the assignment we had would call for more troops than we had available. Hmm. So we had to collapse one or the other. So he is saying they had to choose here. Why did they have to choose? A decision was made. The proposal came from CENTCOM commander and the commander on the ground, Scott Miller, to go ahead and collapse Bagram. That was all briefed and approved, and we estimated the risk of going out of uh, Hamid Karzai International Airport or the risk going out of Bagram about the same. So, again, why wouldn't you want two options? So going out of, uh, uh, of, out of uh, uh, Kabul was estimated to be the better tactical solution in accordance with the mission set that we were given and in accordance with getting the troops down to about 600 or 700. Yes, they said this would be the best option if their troop number had to be at six or 700. So Biden gives him this dumb troop cap number of six or 700 to evacuate all these people and then complains about the military advice given because they couldn't protect both areas. Of course, they had 2,500 people there earlier, and they could have had thousands more like we do, I don't know, right now. So instead of saying, like, look, keep them both open, we'll have both points of exit, and we'll have both options, and let's bring in a couple thousand more to make sure that that works well and we can get the people out. Instead, Biden said, no, you can't have both of those open because you can only have a limit of six or seven hundred troops, which, of course, we had to blow through later on. This was a terrible decision made long ago that led to what we saw yesterday. Once again, I have been critical of things that George W. Bush did in this conflict. I have been very critical of things that Barack Obama did in this conflict. I have been very critical of things that Donald Trump did in this conflict. But Joe Biden owns this. This is his. He did this. He's trying to blame everyone else for it. But he is responsible. He put the military in an impossible position, asked them to do things that were impossible and then asked them to do it without the resources they needed by giving them a, f a false cap on how many troops they should have in there when trying to evacuate thousands of people. Joe Biden owns this from beginning to end. There's a lot. The entire war is a whole nother story. But what we're seeing now, the deadliest day of this war in a decade and all the chaos that surrounds it that is on joe biden would you like a snack maybe a little chocolate to calm you down from how i don't know pissed off you are all the time Built Bar can help you with that, and they can do it in a way that will make you not blow up into, uh, uh, you know, a, a Fat Albert, okay? 
I could use Jeffy, I guess, but that's just mean. I didn't need to do that. Coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream. Delicious flavors that you can have all the time. I think they have nine of them total. And they have the mixed box. This is really what you should do. I, I, I can tell you to buy a bunch of different stuff from Built Bar. Get the mixed box. They're going to give you two of each of their flavors. Try them. 180 calories, 18 grams of protein, only four or five grams of sugar, four or five net carbs. Uh, it's fantastic. You can take care of your sweet tooth and still be healthy. And now you can go to built.com and get whatever you need with the promo code STU15. Why would you do such a thing? Well, that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you save 15% off your first order. Use the promo code STU15 for 15% off at built.com. Built.com. Get your built bars at built.com. Promo code STU15. Great to have Spencer Corson back in the studio. He's a threat management expert, founder of the Corson Security Group, and author of the excellent book, The Safety Trap, a security expert's secrets for staying safe in a dangerous world. Uh, I think step number one is Ronan here, right? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. This is uh, Ronan is making his TV debut yes. here today. He's here kind boy. of he's come behind the uh, desk here, uh, <laughs> but a very cool German Shepherd. And Ronan is uh, how old is he? He is 20 months. 20 months. Yeah, I got him when he was uh, four months. He's uh, he'll turn two January 5th. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so let me start uh, here with you um, on the news of the day. Is something I'm, going on? Yeah, there's a couple things Interesting. around the globe. They're minor, but we'll get okay. to them. Um, start, let me start here with you. Take me back to August 2001. Where yeah. are you? What's going on? August 2001, I was in Austin, Texas sitting at my desk and was thinking that everything was going to be a normal day <laughs> in the life of a threat management guy. Right. Um, turned out to not be the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, we go into September 2001. How does, how does your world change? Oh, we're talking about 2000. We're, we're going, are we going back 20, we're 20 going years? We're going back. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> Last time you were here in the power hour, you didn't do a power hour before you came on. No, I didn't. Okay. Oh, man. All right, let's open up some wounds. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to make it uh, too difficult. Um, but. So I was at Fort Bragg. Okay. I was, uh, I was just completing a, um, my primary leadership development course. We had finished our uh, morning run. Um, we walked into the planning bay just as the second plane hit the towers. Mm. And, um, and that's when you realize for the, like, the very first time that like all that training that you've been working your whole military career uh, was about to become real. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, everything changed after that. It was um, what, it, what a lot of people don't realize you haven't served is I'm just speaking, I'll use I statements here, sure. is that you think it's all about like God and country and glory and, and it's not. It's, you're basically there to keep your brothers alive. Mm. And you're not always able to do that. And um, I think one of the things that recent events have really brought to the forefront of a lot of veterans is um, just how much I, I, I've been on a lot of text messages this, this past week or so and everyone is vacillating between anger and anguish mm. between frustration and 
unbridled rage, regret. Because, you know, for a lot of us, for someone like me, where my war was, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and that that scab over that wound had started to heal and that scar tissue had started to turn into hardened skin again. And then when you see what's happening now, it just rips that wound. It just, it just turns, it tears that scab right off and that open wound is just out in the open. I'd imagine it's, you know, a thousand times more intense for someone like you who, you know, went through all of this in a, in a real way. But I think a lot of Americans feel this way, right? Like a lot of Amer- yeah, Listen, everyone knows someone who served. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not just the soldiers who are going through this, this emotional roller coaster. There are journalists and there are NGOs and there are aid workers and there are um, like civilians who were interpreters or people who just like everyone was in I mean, this for the last 20 years, America from friends to family to community to neighbors to, you know, the, your, your barber, mm-hmm. the corner grocer, everyone has been directly impacted by this war on terror. And then to see all of that heartache and sacrifice and, and, and the emotional turmoil that we thought was being invested for the greater good, to literally watch it just come undone in such a preventable fashion Mm. is unnerving and unforgiving. Mm. uh, Now, I've been watching the president speak about this. He says there it was not preventable. No matter when we left, it was going to be chaos just like this. And this was this was inevitable. Well, let me ask you this. If you have a a high school football team, and you uh, and you have a great coach and a, and a great uh, support and you have all the trainers and all the staff sure. and you're going through all the scrimmages and all that scrimmaging is going really well. And then it's the night before the big game and the coach and all the support staff and all the trainers and even the principal of the high school just decide not to show up. <laughs> and those kids have to go out there and play on their own. How well do you think they're going to do? Yeah. <laughs> not too well. Not too well. Not right? too well. If I was a betting man. Yeah. I'm not so sure I would I would bet on that team to win. Yeah, and that, that's been one of the things to kind of, it's the, the whole thing, right? We, we've, we've just changed the entire equation, right? Not only for, for our own troops, but for the Afghan troops that were supposed to be fighting and defending their cities. Listen, in the absence of leadership, people will always gravitate towards power. Hmm. And when you have, and the other thing is like, there's no, like people think like to think like when you go over to Afghanistan that there's this like there's this national identity. Mm. There, there's not. There's not. Like in, when I was patrolling the desert of Afghanistan, most of the camps we came across, most of the, the, the villages, it's a very like they don't have telephones, they don't have the internet. Like they didn't even know September 11th had happened. They don't even identify themselves as as Afghan nationals. That it, it's they're tribal. Like we would be like, yeah. hey, like how close are we to, to Pakistan? They'd be like, what's Pakistan? Right. Like right. my neighbor, my cousin's up there. Yeah. That's my uncle. You know. Or like even when the agency went in in the very beginning was like, hey, we'll we'll give you five hundred million dollars if you tell us where Bin Laden is. And they're like, what's that? <laughs> right. I right. feel like if a, an alien came down and said, <laughs> yeah. like, we're going to give you. Uh, Right. Like, great. What, what is what, that? What What's do I do with that? But yeah. if, we had, if they'd come in and be like, hey, listen, we're going to give you like uh, 15 cattle and some goats, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he's over there. <laughs> right, right. Right. Because that's a tent. But we have yeah. like the United States military 
is the best in the business at two things: mm -hmm. death and destruction, mm -hmm. and the rebuilding of that of that destruction. Mm -hmm. Like the 80, the the Ranger Battalion could come in and, and totally take over an airport, and then the 82nd can come in and hold that for follow-on missions, mm -hmm. and then the Army Corps of Engineers can come in and rebuild that airport that we just destroyed the night before. <laughs> right, right. But what we are horrible at is nation building. Yeah, well, especially for a people that. Don't realize they have a nation. Yeah, that, that's such an important part of it too. Like they, right. without that, you know, like the the the, the patriotism that gets you know mocked uh, by the left a lot of times, with the eagles soaring and the flags in the wind. That's an important part of a building block of a, of a national identity. It's a huge part of a national identity. And like, and I'm, I'm by no means a history major, but I'm pretty sure it took Germany like 50 years <laughs> to get back to the world stage after World War II. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they already had the infrastructure. They already mm -hmm. had, they were already engaged in international commerce and had elected leaders and, you know, and saw how not to have certain other leaders rise to power after sure. that. But it still took them 50 years. We're basically trying to get a, 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 a country that doesn't even identify with any kind of real national identity outside of like the, you know, those, those small uh, urban, you know, outside of Kandahar, outside of Kabul. Yeah. But I mean, go walk through the Karengal Valley and tell me where you're going to find an ATM machine. Yeah. Right. Or a Starbucks. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like there's a reason no two countries with a Starbucks have ever gone to war with each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me let me go to the specifics of the situation. Sure. Because you know you obviously served, but also are a security expert. Like this is what you do. You you know you try to put people in position to make it through a difficult spot. Yes. Uh, how do you how do you escape uh, um, and, and avoid a situation like we're seeing in Afghanistan now? Well, as soon as you realize that, like, so in the military, they teach you like the three tenets of leadership, clear and decisive decision making, mm -hmm. because as soon as you make a mistake, you're going to realize it and you can course correct. Inspect what you expect. Mm -hmm. So if your intelligence is telling you one thing, make sure that that intelligence is correct. Otherwise, you're going to go kick in a wrong door. And three, what you measure, they will meet. We failed on all three of those tiers. Mm. Okay. We made, we made a clear and decisive decision, but we realized it was the wrong decision and then doubled down on a bad decision, which mm -hmm. is the worst thing you can do. Mm -hmm. We did not inspect what we expect in terms of the intelligence because a great many people in the intelligence committee were in the intelligence community were saying that if we pulled out, you know, to use the, the football coaches and, and support staff metaphor, that these people would not be able to win a game on their own. Mm -hmm. And we were not measuring what we met. Yeah. What do you mean by that last one? What, what, what you measure they will meet is kind of like saying, um, I want you to go and do X, Y, and Z, and then I'm going to make sure you, that you do X, Y, and Z as I prescribe to you so that there's no room for mistake or error. So in the military, there's something that's called a back brief, which is basically like, hey, at 8 a.m., I want you to go to this place. I want you to do this. I want you to like, tell me where to go. Tell me, tell me how to get there. Right? Or tell me where to go, tell me what to do when I get there. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to say back to me what I just told you so that there's no room for interpretation. Right. It's almost like they just said, um, hey, here's a playbook. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like, and we were talking about this earlier, earlier with, with, the, with the idea of leaving Bagram Air, Air Base for, I don't know, to me, I mean, I'm no expert, but it just seems crazy to, to lose an asset like that as you're trying to evacuate Not, not only people. are we losing assets, but we have the Taliban right now telling the United States military what they can and can't do. Right. They're giving us red okay. lines. And we have our own government giving the names of those that we're trying to get out. I was on a text thread yesterday with uh, 
an individual who had a way out, had, had a team and was getting people out and had seats on a plane that was supposed to, you know, that was supposed to accommodate that extraction. And we have staffers who are just dragging their feet and are leaving guys on the ground to die. And what I don't, you know that big, that photo that went around of all those kids mm. that were on that C-130 yeah, coming sure. out? Imagine that full of body bags, because that's going to be what mission accomplished looks like at the rate we're going. And that is a travesty. It is a tragedy. And it is, listen, we right now could send a team in to secure that airport. We could, uh, did you see what Jocko put out? He was like, here's what I would do if I was president. He'd be mm. like, this is on me. I'm sorry we messed up, but here's how we're going to fix it. We're coming in. Anyone who's near any of, of our stuff, we're going to, you will see darkness. Yeah. We will take that stuff back or we will destroy it. If you are harassing or tormenting any, any of our support staff or any, anyone who supported us over the years, the next thing you will see will be darkness. We are doing this. We are doing it the right way. We are going to basically ensure the certainty of safety for everyone involved because there are literally thousands of people, people like me, who would not be alive today if we did not have the ground support of that community to help us engage in our mission. And the mm -hmm. fact that we're leaving them behind right now, we have American citizens left behind right now. It's incredible. And it doesn't seem there like are American citizens who are basically being told, hey, shelter in place because the Taliban doesn't want you to go to come to the airport right now. I, I, I just, it's hard to believe this is real. It's hard to believe this it's, is the real it, way we're handling this. I, it's, it's. So let me, you mentioned you were on a text thread the other day. And I thought this is, this is interesting. We talked a little bit about this before we came on the air. Uh, I have to imagine that if this is hitting people, even like me, who's literally never done anything uh, that wasn't for himself. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've never sacrificed anything for this country like you and so many others have. If it's hitting me emotionally, I can't even imagine what it's doing to the people who served over there and the people who are soon going to be coming home. How can people who are here in America now help uh, veterans that are dealing with what's got to be a nightmare? So I, I had this conversation with a friend yesterday and he reached out and he was like, hey, if I'm feeling this way, I can only imagine how veterans are feeling. Like, How do you approach a veteran in your life and say, and I basically just said, listen, a, 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 a simple act of kindness can go a very long way. And a simple heartfelt, hey, thank you for your service is really all most of us want to hear, mm. but also need to hear. Because, and then maybe just say, like, sometimes just saying like, hey, listen, you ever, if you wanna talk, if you wanna, if you wanna get this off your chest, or if you just wanna go do something to not think about this, Give me a call. Like sometimes that, you know, sometimes the number one reason someone doesn't kill themselves is because someone did something nice. They extended mm -hmm. that 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 courtesy, that compliment, that whatever. And it may need, it may seem like nothing to you, but it will. It could be everything to to that individual. And speaking as a veteran, I know what has helped me a, a lot is that whenever, and I talk about this in the book a little bit about how. You know, sometimes our willingness to help another is the first step to saving ourselves. I'm on, a, I'm on a few different text threads right now that would make some people cry in a corner for the rest of their lives. But it's whenever I'm feeling the way I'll sometimes feel. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just hop on a text thread and, and just be like, 
hey, this is how I'm feeling. How are you guys feeling about this? Or I just watched this speech. How are you feeling about this? Or, you know, we send I, I like that Jocko thing went around or like the Marcus and um, and Morgan's podcast with Megan Kelly is making is making the rounds right now because they had some some really good things to say. Well, Tim Kennedy's got some stuff coming around and we're all just sharing different things. But the more that we're able to engage in that dialogue, the more that we're able to be like, hey, I'm not alone in this. Mm -hmm. Everyone is healing this way. And just like we, we got each other through when we were over there, we can also help get each other through back here is how we're doing it. I mean, there's 22 veteran suicides a day. 22. Mm. And the more people are engaged in those text threads, the more people are uh, calling each other and reaching out and making sure everyone's okay. That's one less person who's looking for a solution at the bottom of a bottle. That's one less person who's looking for a solution in the barrel of a gun. And, you know, the more we can do to look after ourselves, the, the better, hopefully, I just want, I don't want anyone to think that they're alone. And I don't want anyone to feel that they're the only one going through this or they're the only one feeling this way because we're all feeling this way. Mm. And the more that we can unify as that band of brothers, man, I, I, hope, it'll, I hope it's enough to help us see through to, to tomorrow. Uh, man, Spencer, well, I know this audience and I very much appreciate everything you've done, not only for our country, but for all of us here at The Blaze. You you were a very important uh, person here for a very long time uh, and now are a big time author and, and, and doing great things with, the, with, with, with Ronan in tow. Um, and you're in town, I should mention, uh, this week for my wife's event. Uh, she's yes, doing a really cool uh, event. Lisa Page made me do Dallas. Yes, yeah, it's a questionable title, but well, I, well, I, well, you know, she's baby no, steps. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Baby steps. Uh, you know, Lisa Page made me do it. Is there's her Instagram page, and she's doing a great event with a bunch of women who are coming in. You know, people who follow her, and you're going to be talking to them about security. I am. We're going to be talking security. personal safety, yeah. uh, the the art of being disagreeable, and uh, <laughs> maybe some tactical pen demonstrations. Yeah, we'll, of course, uh, this is your special. This is listen. There's there's what I do, and there's what I do well. <laughs> Very good. And the book is awesome and it's a book that if you're at all if you're all passionate about these things we've seen all the shootings that have gone on and all the crazy stuff that happens between terrorism and just domestic stuff and everything that everybody people have to face the safety trap is a great place to just learn and understand your environment the safety trap a security experts secrets for staying safe in a dangerous world you've protected you know lots and lots of big-time celebrities and even glenn beck uh so even it, you know you got the celebrities and then you got glenn beck so, I mean, you know, there's good points in your career. There's bad points in your career. You know, what can you do? <laughs> Spencer, thanks so much for making the trip. And, Thank and you, coming sir. On. Appreciate you. Back in a second. I just uh, mentioned my wife, uh, Lisa Page, um, and the family, you know, people don't realize this because, you know, if you've watched the show for a while, you, you know I eat all sorts of weird things. However, I am the grill master. I'm the guy out there grilling up the, the dinner for everybody uh, in, 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 in the summer heat because they all just stay, stay inside in the air conditioning and they make me go out there and do it. 
Anyway, uh, you got to have the best meat around, and Moink Meats is the place to go. Now, if you've never heard of Moink Meats, we're talking about grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon directly to your door. If you don't know that the, what the best stuff is, you're just going to the, the supermarket and picking up whatever you can. Uh, you should know that Moink delivers you the best meats on the market. These, uh, these we're, we're talking about the highest quality, uh, free of antibiotics, uh, fish that live in the ocean, wild, Hor uh, no hormones or sugars or all that other crap you're going to get in the meat aisle. Uh, as you know, I'm not a big meat guy myself, but Moink, I know, is the best meat, and I can tell for the reaction from the family. We know uh, exactly where to go for the meat. Moinkbox.com slash stew is the place to go. You get a year of bacon for free. Yes, bacon for free. I, that's all they have to really say, don't they? Uh, you can pick whatever meat you want delivered in your first box. It's an incredible deal, and you get the best stuff from around the country. Uh, anytime, you can cancel. It's a, great, it's a great service. Moink movement is going on right now with everybody. Moinkbox.com slash stew. Go, right, go there right now. You get a free... Um, uh, free bacon for a year. Again, free bacon for a year. I mean, I, I, I mean, what, think what Homer Simpson would say to an offer like that. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash stew. Moinkbox.com slash stew. I hope you've spent today believing women because that's what you're supposed to do. Believe all women. I hope you've been doing that all day long. It's interesting because this whole Andrew Cuomo thing has uh, not just destroyed the career of Andrew Cuomo and the lives of so many Others, thousands of people, actually. Uh, it also has uh, had an interesting impact on the Me Too community. So, Roberta Kaplan, she was a lawyer, co-chair on the board of an organization called Time's Up. You've probably heard of that. They're one of the people that, one of the organizations that's been pushing these Me Too allegations and trying to get people removed from office. Time's Up, it's time for you to be held accountable. Well, they had a really close relationship with Andrew Cuomo, who pretended like he cared about women while he was abusing them. That was kind of his shtick. And so Roberta Kaplan uh, had to step down because it was revealed in the report that she was advising Andrew Cuomo on basically how to get out of the allegations against him when it comes to uh, one of his accusers. And this has gone on and on and on and on and echoed throughout this organization. And now Tina Chen, who is the head of the organization, Time's Up, has now had to resign. Now, you might not know her, though you do know her, her old gig. I know you will be familiar with this job. Former chief of staff for Michelle Obama. Yeah, she went from there to acting as if she cared about women to advising a predator on how to get out of his trouble with women. That's who you're dealing with. You know, when they make these arguments and they act like they believe them, they never believe them. Yet another example of that. Joe Biden, his approval rating is declining. People don't approve as much of Joe Biden as they used to. 538 has a pretty interesting write-up about uh, on this one. And it's important to understand that he, he was up at you know, about 60% when he came into office, which is typical for presidents. Um, started dropping relatively quickly, went down to about 53% about a month ago. and was hanging around there. However, with uh, what we have now is now 47.1% approval and 47% approval. Welcome to the last day. Joe Biden is above water in his approval ratings, at least for a long time, because uh, the polls that are coming out, we've seen them as low as 41 percent approval. It's interesting, though, 538 makes the case it's not just about Afghanistan. 
Now, none of the terrible, tragic events over the past couple days are factored into this at all. We're talking about some of the chaos from Afghanistan just starting to kick in. But uh, they make the point that actually a lot of this has to do with the Delta variant picking up. So, Mr. I'm going to end the disease, the virus is is not working out all that well. And in addition to that, Afghanistan kicking in, along with other situate related uh, situations with the economy and inflation and all of that is what's proving pu pushing his approval rating down. He hasn't even felt the true impacts of what's gone on in the catastrophe in Afghanistan. So that's just around the corner for all of us. For a very small part of us might get a little enjoyment out of that while we got to deal with the tragedy and destruction he's wrought in the rest of our lives. Back in a second. If you have a, a wonderful lady in your life, why maybe is a wife or a mom or a mother-in-law, an aunt, whoever it might be, let me recommend Shamani. I've bought this for my mom before for presents, and she just will remind me every once in a while, hey, uh, I noticed I'm a little low on the Chamonix. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, you know, maybe you should uh, look into that. I'm like, you're telling me you're low on on GenuCell? Why are you telling me that? Oh, well, just to legislate, you know, no big deal. It's not, it's not like you need to... Not like there's any presents, any, you know, I mean, Flag Day's coming up, isn't it? Okay, what about a Flag Day present? GenuCell is, uh, has all this plant stem cell technology from, it's from Chamonix. There's tons of stuff in there. I don't know how it all works, but I will tell you that we all get constant positive uh, feedback about Chamonix. And they have instant effects. And this is the best part, because, you know, I'm a, kind of a stats guy. I need to have proof of, of stuff. Instant effects is interesting, because you'll get, they, they say you're going to get results in 12 hours or your money back. So they guarantee it. They're not, they're very sure of this, obviously. They're sure that you're going to try this and love it. If you do, if you get it for someone in your life, if you try it yourself, you can, you can uh, get your money back if it doesn't work for you. Order now and get 50% off all GenuCell packages for summer at lovegenucell.com slash stew. It's L-O-V-E, then G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash stew. Lovegenucell.com, lovegenucell.com slash stew. I have a quick prediction to make for you tonight. There will never be another Jeopardy host. Just my, my quick prediction. Uh, Mike, so Alex Trebek goes away, sadly. Then we have Mike Richards, who gets the job. The executive producer somehow gets the job, which, I mean, I, I never oppose executive producers getting more jobs. That's just my own thing. Uh, but then he apparently gets in trouble and because he said some naughty things on a podcast a while ago. Then they give the job to at least, I don't know if it's temporary or what, Mayim Bialik? Now, you might remember her as Blossom from a million years ago or on the Big Bang Theory. She's apparently a neuroscientist as well, but has occasionally given some anti-vaccine sounding quotes to the media in her past. And now she's being canceled. Let's see if they can cancel her, too. Now, she's saying she took the covid vaccine. She's not anti-vaccine anymore, even though she doesn't love all the practices that go along with it. But. Here's the thing. You have to agree with everyone on everything to have a job. That's the United States. Get used to it. Back in a second. The Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan's person of the year. Joe Biden. Yes, Taliban Joe Biden. Congratulations. He's the person of the year for Afghanistan, and now you can own a piece of that history on a mug 
or on a shirt, Taliban Joe, and people are going to love you wearing that. They are going to think it's fantastic, I promise you. People are going <laughs> to... Can you imagine walking around with that thing right now? I think you're just going to get high fives wherever you go. That's what I think happens when you have the Taliban Joe shirt on. And when, you're, when, when you have the, the mug, uh, this, is, this is the anyone else for governor, Gavin Newsom mug. By the way, that's kicking into gear next week. We're going to really have to start talking about the Gavin recall. Uh, but you're, you're drinking your mug. People say, oh, it's Joe Biden. And they look really close and they see that it says the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan's person of the year. They're going to love you. Taliban Joe merch. Taliban Joe We'll see you next week.